Hello and welcome back to Modern Atomism. In this podcast, I'll be discussing parallel worlds. This follows on from the last podcast in which I was discussing the scientific theories regarding alternate life forms. And this, of course, was all taken from the quantum theory cosmology perspective, which utilizes probability theory and Schrodinger's equation regarding wavelength collapse which allows atoms to break the classical rules of physics. This is taken from the point that Schrodinger took the uncertainty principle in 1925, almost a century ago, and coined the concept of waveform. In waveform, things don't exist in a state, or place or time, they exist as wave function. This wave function is also known as a probability wave. To explain it, I will remind you of the starship Heart of Gold from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where the ship would travel using an infinite probability drive, so it passes through every impossible point simultaneously to reach its destination. Waveform predicts that quantum pieces can be everywhere but they're always here when we come to observe them. But the concept that they're always here when we need to observe them is known as the Copenhagen interpretation. That's how quantum physics is currently taught and explained. It was just the best explanation available for the scientists to get on with their day jobs. As I discussed in the last podcast, additional theories sprung up from the Schrodinger equation, including the idea that the universe could only come into existence through an act of observation. After all, if the Copenhagen theory is true, then the quantum material could only become a gravitational force because it was observed in action, and I covered this in the last podcast. But as we also covered previously, If the quantum material can be anywhere, they easily have the capacity to intervene with our synapses within our brain, causing us to look left instead of right. It has the capacity to affect the development of the universe. There are many people who believe that this activity on a quantum level prove that quantum materials such as quarks of a form of rudimentary intelligence. And this led us to altruism theory, that universe developed in a way that is altruistic towards us, or rather, towards conscious life and life forms such as our own. And that altruism explains a lot of the phenomenon that we experience here on our planet and in this solar system. think about the concept of probability drives and the idea that our brain is dependent upon quantum material to function is only a short shift towards alternate realities. In fact, there isn't a single spin-off from Schrodinger's theory that doesn't involve alternate reality. Starting with probability theory, there are probably more than 30 different theories about parallel worlds. The problem is we don't know how these different worlds function presently, but we are assuming at this point 
that law converge into just be becoming one theory of parallel worlds as the discrepancies are levelled out. But today, let's discuss just one of the possibilities of parallel worlds. The idea that each action that we take has an alternative action in another universe. Previously, when I did a podcast on probability theory, I mentioned how Schrodinger's cat thought experiment, the cat would both be alive and dead, up to the point where we peered into the box. This poses a dilemma for us, in that the universe, in some respects, works more effectively when it keeps things secret from us, that the universe, although altruistic, is very secretive in nature. It's not only that we're trapped in our own time bubble, and that we can't see outside our own space-time, we don't know much about our own physical experience. What we believe to be true is often contrived through societal programming or through confabulation. And I did pose this question before, but how do we prove that we exist in every single second? Because the best theory of Strozinger and Copenhagen's theory promotes the concept of multiple alternate universes where every single choice we make plays out. Imagine the multiple U's are like clones numbering one up to infinity and that there are multiple versions of ourselves. And this might be superseded by an alternative theory that unbeknownst to ourselves it's just the single person that exists in multiple universes at the same time. If we take the Schrodinger cat experiment when we opened the box, we didn't know whether the cat was alive or dead. It existed in both states at once. And we as humans also exist in these, in that state prior to ourselves becoming unboxed, prior to the dice landing. We're in a quantum state perpetually. And each person is everywhere simultaneously. And it's possible that we are multidimensional beings existing in multiple spheres and realities simultaneously. Except there's no certainty that we exist in all dimensions and states simultaneously. Unlike the concept of parallel universe, for which the evidence is very good, we still have that duality, are there clones or are we just one person? And the problem we're holding is a question of how our minds function. If the first clone opts to choose root A and a second chooses root B, it assumes that both clones have conjoined thoughts in any case. This proves that it's the subatomic particles that influence our synaptic processes. They're existing in many states and are flipping in alternate directions. In the alternative version that we're just one person, this comes down to our experiences of our universe and the question is how do we interpret our self-awareness just as we see seven colors in a rainbow unless we're colorblind and that we hear all sensations unless they're out of our range how do we know that everything we hear and everything we see is actually not just within our own brain and exists externally to ourselves 
do we actually need a physical self at all? In quantum mathematics, humans and all other species and objects are a series of patterns in space-time. You should imagine us made up of tiny particles that are braided together to make a sense of unity, to give us a sense of being a person. But across this braiding is that all our human perceptions exist here in this one specific moment. This defeats the point of telling people to live in the moment, since our perceptions are locked into this space-time, whilst the component parts exist totally outside of time. So the small parts of ourselves are not relative to time. The majority of ourselves exist outside of the four measurable dimensions in space. And all our feeling and emotions are only a reaction to stimuluses within our own immediate environment. Imagine it like a huge reality model. What you perceive as real is more like a movie playing out in front of you, with the past being an edited version of this movie. But the processing we see in our heads as we view the past is a different type of consciousness to the one in which we take actions in our daily lives. The inner voice we hear when we process past information is actually an effect of being in the space-time universe. But the perception we have when we take an action in our daily life is more fluttering, like a person's skin reading a book. We know its context and fill in the story just by picking up key facts. We're not aware that we're living in multiple universes because of filters in our awareness. It's the equivalent of reading only the first and third words, whilst in other universes we might read the second and fourth words in the paragraph. In each universe, the whole context makes sense. But since this is happening outside of time, there's no perception each pathway and how it works and functions so that once playing back and remembering the past it becomes smooth but whilst acting in the present our experiences are much more juttery and you'll see this in the way that we exist in our eye movements that fluttery from place to place and how our, how our thoughts don't stay fixed and this whole idea of us living in multiple places, this theory is known as the paradox of the mathematical universe hypothesis. The main problem with ourselves as humans, our sensations are constantly telling us that this universe is where we are located, because this is where all our sensory information is located and where our memories are stored. But quantum mechanics has taught us that the parts that constitute our body can be multiple places at once. The concept that we are unique, that we have purpose or meaning, is a side effect of this self-awareness. And there's a greater probability that we are in fact immortal. It's just that after our mortal body dies, our material self, the illusion that we exist on this planet, in this location, becomes broken. This, of course, all holds true, utilising all of the quantum theories, all of science and research that we've gained up until now, since Schrodinger invented his theory in 1925. But there is one other 
explanation of how we exist and how we work that I haven't mentioned. It's the third idea of the universe. The first one being that the multiple clones of ourselves. The second being that it's just one being that exists um, simultaneously. The third idea of universes, that everything around us is in fact a simulation. Um, in this instance, all science and knowledge mean nothing and all bets are off. Anything that we see or perceive may not be real, may not be the truth. It might just be a product of this simulation that could alter at any point according to any perception. But obviously that doesn't fall very well within the monanimist view, purely because we do like the idea that everything is equal and there's some sort of connection between us all. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This will be the last modern animist podcast that deals with modern science for now. I'm going to switch up the topic onto animism, nationalism and propaganda. And this is just for the sake of analytics, so I can get a view of what my um, listeners want to listen to. I hope you'll still find it interesting. And I have been Sarah Jane and you've been listening to Mon Animism, A Convoluted Guide. <laughs>